0: The journey till podcast and i'm your host sean zanotti i believe life is about the journey not the destination to find the journey in every step of the road the highs and lows the twists and turns the ups and downs it's in that it's in those moments that really makes life so beautiful our guest today has a journey of her own veronica mudra is the ceo and founder of white ribbon usa White Ribbon USA's mission is to reduce and prevent domestic violence. Please help me welcome Veronica to the show. Veronica, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Sean, for this invitation. It's a pleasure to meet you, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Today.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to talk with you. I want to first really start off with talking honestly about COVID, because it's just... Crazy conditions, I feel like right now we've been under the pandemic for a year and a half or so at the moment. What has that been like for you? Um, you know, as an entrepreneur, how have you been able to shift uh, in these moments of of the unknown?
1: I think as for every nonprofit, it was very challenging because it was an unexpected circumstance that is very hard to deal with. So, because nonprofit is tightly connected to all in-person activities, services. So we had to adjust our mission and our services to basically online virtual reality. So, uh, but at the same time, we learned a lot and we learned how to transform uh, our activities more into online space. So so we can reach out to more people virtually. So it's, so we learn something good out of it as well.
0: So in other words, you're, you're just kind of, you took the bad or what we consider the bad and you found something, a way to make it good for your company.
1: Yeah, yeah, literally we, you know, uh, made lemonade out of lemons in this case, if I can say so. So uh, basically he taught us a lot that we should be more present online that we should be more present in um, virtual space in in the form of mobile applications, for example, and in the form of more virtual activities and virtual events. So we learned from this for sure.
0: Are you nervous at all with the the rise of these different infections and this new variant? Does that make you nervous of how you may shift moving forward? Or do you feel comfortable with what you've done that you're okay to to, kind of ride through anything at this point?
1: Basically, I feel really bad uh, because a lot of shelters, uh, specifically for women, they have very strict rules and regulations and it's understandable because that's a city requirement, right? But if we want to bring, for example, services for women who live and temporarily at the shelters, it's very hard to do that. So I really feel bad uh, because of, specifically this part. Uh, And we, for example, wanted to bring an employment program um, to women who are domestic violence victims and who live in shelters with their children. But we couldn't do that because of very strict COVID rules and regulations when women cannot leave shelters. So they have to decide whether they will stay without an accommodation or without a job outside of the shelter. So that part was, and still is very difficult.
0: Got it, wow, I never even thought about that. Um, it's, 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 it's amazing how this, you know, has affected literally every single industry, I feel like across the board in ways that a lot of times as I talk to people, I didn't even, didn't even think about.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, on a personal level, you know, it's a time I think for all of us to readjust ourselves to, uh, to do something that we didn't have time before uh, for ourselves maybe, but on a professional level it's very challenging. It's, it's very difficult. and there are just rules and regulations that are so strict that, that they you know you you, need, you cannot obey them, you need to follow them. but at the same time it's difficult to you know to comply sometimes with the rules. When you want to some, do something good when you want to bring like employment and educational programs, to shelters, but women technically cannot leave shelters to attend those programs. That's kind of very, very challenging.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine. Let's let's dive in a bit into White Ribbon and to your program, to your company and why this is a, important to you. Um, so you're the CEO and the founder of White Ribbon and White Ribbon USA is connected to the greater campaign, the global White Ribbon campaign that I know is actually originated in Canada back in 1991 and has really deep roots in the efforts to address men about gender-based discrimination against women and gender equality. Talk to me about that campaign uh, specifically and why it's important for your company to be in alignment?
1: Uh, basically, I came across White Ribbon campaign myself about um, eight years ago when I was immigrating from Ukraine to the United States under the domestic violence protection program. So I was myself in that situation and that position that I was looking for help and uh, my friend introduced me to this campaign and I was amazed by the concept because when men stand against domestic violence towards women, that's a very, very compelling and strong concept because it's very gender balanced from one side. From another side, uh, men recognizing domestic violence issue, it is a very strong statement in nowadays society. And we know a lot of movements for women rights and a lot of movements against domestic violence, but that's the white ribbon campaign is the first and the largest movement of, of boys and men standing against domestic violence towards women. And uh, this campaign, it, it has a great legacy, great history, more than 30 years, uh, it's present around the world in more than 63 countries. So um, I became first um, CEO of White Ribbon in Ukraine, and after that, we established White Ribbon in the U.S. on federal level. Uh, We are based in uh, Los Angeles, California, and we are opening a new office in New York under White Ribbon New York.
0: I think it's so amazing uh, what this is all about, especially because the narrative also um, is is to men, and I feel that you know oftentimes the narrative is catered strictly to women, and so I think it's important to shine some light for men too um, and give them some positivity. Is there a story that you're open to telling or sharing with the audience um, of that that they of a man or men and how they have you know. Um, Flourish from this program, from the positivity that you guys have, have been teaching through your teachings?
1: So um, the, the concept of men standing against violence that originated in Canada is pro- probably present the most in, Can- in Canada. So um, only men, decision makers, influencers, uh, politicians, athletes, they are white ribbon ambassadors. Here in the United States, uh, we're trying to do campaigns uh, that are more gender neutral. We're trying to e- equally engage men and women in our programs. But I personally, um, it's very personally interesting for me to see how understanding the roots of domestic violence among men are important to eliminate domestic violence today. because. Many researches show that um, men who experience domestic violence in childhood or violence in households in in any form or shape have are like most likely they will end up being abusers or victims of domestic violence in grown-up lives. So my understanding that the mission of White Ribbon is to overcome domestic violence and its main reasons. So even I think that, you know, we're not a prosecution service. We don't judge people. So I think everybody have second chance. And even men who had a history of abuse towards women, they also can change. They also can reevaluate their behavior and actually became be, become really legit advocates against domestic violence because when men explaining why domestic violence should be eliminated eliminated to other men is very powerful. So uh, basically, women don't do domestic violence against each other. Correct? That's true. So there, in majority of cases, the violence occurs between partners when men violating women. So, when men explain to other male audience why this behavior is unacceptable, then I think we have higher chances to eliminate the shameful phenomena. And even even if this man had such history in the past of violent behavior, I think everybody deserves second chance. Everybody. And that's why this campaign is so important because it's very accessible. It's decentralized grassroots campaign, meaning everybody can join. You don't need to be a high profile politician or decision maker or and celebrity to become a supporter of white ribbon campaign because you can organize your own uh, local white ribbon campaign in your city, in your town, you know, basically at the university, at the any facility. Uh, so that's why this campaign be, probably became so popular because everybody, everybody can join, everybody can do whatever urban initiative walk at their own local levels.
0: That's beautiful. Um, I know that you are a refugee yourself you're also you're a victim of domestic violence. Um, can you take me into that mindset what was that experience like for you when did you realize enough was enough and you needed to you needed to make some changes?
1: So I was born in Ukraine and mentality of women, and upbringing of girls in Ukraine is very different from the United States. So we are taught probably since young age to tolerate a lot. And that men kind of have this uh, inherited right to, uh, to treat women in, in, in different ways. And it's okay to tolerate everything. And when I was immigrating back in 2013, there was no law at all against domestic violence. So there were no restraining orders. There was no legislative protection at any level. And so when I faced threats and when I faced uh, a situation that was already, I couldn't tolerate it, I couldn't protect my basic human rights in Ukraine like I just couldn't because I couldn't go I could go to police but they will not start any criminal investigation about it like they couldn't do anything without the law yeah so and I was studying in Ukraine uh, in the U- U.S. I had a lot of friends in California uh, I before I was I used to live in Israel, in Italy, in New York, in LA. So my first response was to, to immigrate from Ukraine to another country. And I knew that California is a champion among other states probably in, in the United States um, um, and the, in, in the field of human rights protection and women rights protection. So I thought that California will be the best place for me to live with my child because he was two two years old at that time.
0: Wow, were were you, I mean, at that moment, how afraid were you to leave or were you, was was there fear there or was there not any fear?
1: It's very life changing decision to pack a suitcase and leave with your child to another country On my own, I didn't have any family here. I had like few friends and few people I knew from before because I used to study here. So, but it was like, not like my close, uh, they were not my close friends. So I basically just left on my own to a new country. And I didn't know exactly what to expect. Uh, I I knew I had to change my life. I knew I had to start from zero. So I left everything behind. I left my, my property, I left cars, I left everything. I just packed one suitcase with me and one suitcase for my child. And we came with two suitcases here. So um, it was very challenging. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you're here with two suitcases for yourself and your son, your child. How at that moment, how do you then get to the next step if you can take us through the journey?
1: So uh, the next step, I was just was trying to start life from zero, uh, basically just to work hard and to forget everything, what what's happening in Ukraine and just to build a new life for me and my son. But uh, my uh, ex-boyfriend, uh, he was trying to take a kid away from me from the United States. So instead of me being really working and thinking about building up my career, I started to protect my child uh, from not being taken away from from United States. So that's how I started to be an active member of White Ribbon Campaign because we got an asylum under domestic violence, me and my child. But I didn't know that government couldn't protect my child from being taken away because he's still a father, even with the criminal investigations going on in Ukraine, even with the confirmed asylum status in the United States. There was a Hague convention, still is, that is not reformed in domestic violence aspect. So he was able to claim a child to be returned back to Ukraine. So I had to start public activity in Ukraine and to shed light, on domestic violence during the time in Ukraine that it was all about political revolutions and nobody re- really cared about women rights or domestic violence at all. Nobody was really publicly talking about it, so I had to go back to Ukraine, I had to apply to Parliament to the President of Ukraine, I had to apply to the US Embassy to national police to start the campaign. White Ribbon Ukraine, so I could protect my rights and my kids' rights, so I, and my child's rights. So basically, I've done, I've done everything from A to Z on my personal experience, so I can live in the United States in peace and that I can be protected here.
0: What do you do? How do you stay motivated right now?
1: Uh, right now, I mean, comparing to uh, situation we've been in ten years ago. Right now I have uh, a nonprofit organization that is my passion project. I do real estate. Um, I'm establishing affordable housing uh, business as well. So, I mean, I'm just very grateful. That's the only thing I can say because this country gave us a shelter. This country gave us a new opportunity in life and new future for me and my child. So I, I completely changed, like 180 degrees completely. It was like a big change. It, it's just being an immigrant and a single mom. Uh, it, it, it wasn't, it is still very challenging.
0: I understand. How do you dive deep internally so that you're able to give in all these different capacities for yourself? Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Do you exercise? Do you do some sort of spiritual practice? Is there, uh, you know, or what, do you, what do you do? What is your, what is your... You know, must uh, that you must do to uh, be able to give so you know so easily to in all these different capacities.
1: Um, you know, my father he was an artist. He was a photographer and architect. So recently, I started to do a photography just as a hobby, and I also also started to paint sometimes. So um, I don't really meditate, but I found out for myself that having like a hobby, like a really like some passion hobby in your life is very significant and art really talks to me and and because of my upbringing. So I basically just enjoy taking pictures of of people, of nature, Uh, and uh, that's how, that's my meditation probably.
0: What's, um, three tips, uh, three tips you can give a listener or a viewer, um, out there that may be a domestic violence victim. Uh what's uh, some advice you can give for, to help them just push through?
1: I think that for women, it's very essential, uh, what kind of a partner we choose and, Sometimes our personal life decisions go, they go against logic, they go against probably our best interests. And I think that for women it's very important to, to know and to understand um, who is a person next to you, like who is my life partner? Because women are willing to sacrifice a lot for the sake of love, for the sake of family, to keep family together. So I think that the first question that we as women should have, and men as well, because domestic violence goes both ways, right? Is is it a a person next to me, is it the right person for me for life? And if there is some kind of discomfort, I think the first question, Am I able to tolerate it? And, you know, for, for in terms of domestic violence, everything starts within a family, right? Within a household. So um, sometimes uh, divorce is not the best solution. Sometimes maybe two people should try to work it out together. But when their line is crossed, and there is no way back, then, then a woman always should ask herself, am I willing to tolerate it more? Or maybe it's better to move on and to start a new life.
0: Do you ever have a moment now, even though, you know, obviously things are different than when you first came here to America, do you ever have a time that you're open to sharing that you just said, you know what, I just, you know, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm just, I want to walk away. For it's, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I own a, a PR company separate from being the host on this show. And there have been, you know, I'm 14 years in as an entrepreneur and there have been many times, you know, uh, being transparent that I have said, you know what, that's it. I am I'm done I I I may not speak it but I think it and at that moment something happens there's a shift there which I don't I clearly haven't I don't follow through on it well a different client comes or a different something comes and I'm you know I'm back excited again has that happened to you have you gone through something in this time even though things are much better where you're just kind of like oh wait a minute I'm not I can't do this and if what was the key moment that kind of brought you back
1: Women are still subject to so many uh, stigmas and prejudgments that on the top of our everyday life and on top of our career goals, we sometimes deal with public opinion, right? And we are influenced by public opinion. And there was, I think like every day is a new fight in some sense. And sometimes it's so overwhelming that you want to quit. For sure, i like, because running a nonprofit, like, because I was modeling before, right? So, and and when I just came here with my two years old kid, very young with, you know, this Russian, so-called Russian accent, I was a subject to so many stigmas, because I'm an immigrant, because I'm a woman from Eastern, Europe coming here, may, trying to make it work and at the same time running this nonprofit that didn't bring me money at all because it was like my passion project. I was trying to get to real estate pretty much since I just immigrated here. So it was very challenging like I was thinking why I need all this why I need this to run this nonprofit if I can just live quiet life and just trying to make it work for myself but deep inside of me, I know that everything I've been through in both countries, because my case is the only case between two countries, the United States and Ukraine, when I got an asylum, when I protected my child uh, to be here in the United States. I've been through so many experiences with working with governments, with parliaments, with presidents, just to protect my basic human rights. Then I was like, that cannot be it, you know, I need to keep on to bring my experience. Maybe that will help and encourage someone to to change their lives. But also, because I was a victim of domestic violence, and and my personal choices were not that great, right, in different times of my life. So I was always sometimes, like, double questioning myself, like, do I have even a right to write, to run this campaign when I was a subject to violence myself? Am I a good example for other young women and girls uh, not to, basically not to tolerate certain situations in life? So it's like every, every day I'm questioning myself and there are some stressful moments in life when I'm like, okay, you know what, it's not. But, but then something deep inside of me is saying that if, if it's the destiny, if it's meant to be yours, you need to fight for it. And no matter what people say, you just need to follow your, your intuition and your beliefs and your blessings.
0: Finish the sentence, please. Um, I am a...
1: I'm a believer and I'm a fighter.
0: And a master of?
1: Reinventing myself.
0: Who can control?
1: Life without control. Mm. It's a very big illusion we can control something.
0: Yes, I love that. That's beautiful. All right, I would like to wrap up with a segment that I call Tell and Tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. What is something that you can tell us about yourself that you have not yet shared with the world, a secret, if you will, um, that you can tell us?
1: It's, it's, it's probably uh, the, the personal experience and the reasons why even I was tolerating that much in my life why if i really believe in certain values for women why i was tolerating myself certain unacceptable behavior like what like what's wrong with me that made me tolerate that made me stay that made me forgive uh why i was trying to make it work when i see it was not in my best favor i guess i guess so, yes. <laughs>
0: okay Okay, well, if someone wants to follow you um, on your journey, how can they go about doing so?
1: So I wanted to add, because like our conversation was kind of like more personal today, right? Yeah, so yeah. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to, to speak yeah. about the programs, amazing programs that White Ribbon does. And-
0: oh, well tell me, let's, let's talk about it. Let's go yeah. there,
1: yes. So basically uh, one of our most successful campaigns is with the US Department of Veterans Affairs. And uh, we have a White Ribbon Pledge. That's a new form of joining to the White Ribbon by taking an online pledge. That tool we learned during pandemic. So we became active in virtual space. So on our website, uh, whiteribbonusa.org, any person can join our movement by just taking a pledge. It's a personal commitment to never commit excuse or remain silent about about violence towards women. That's a very simple sentence, but it's a very deep uh, uh, statement on a personal level. So um, if someone can join, they can just uh, log in, uh, they just go to our website and take a pledge. And we had more than 12,000 veterans already pledged to White Ribbon under this White Ribbon uh, joint campaign with uh, Department of Veterans Affairs. And um, also we're trying to establish the first in the US mobile application for domestic violence victims a full cycle of help. Meaning that we're trying to combine all existence tools uh, for domestic violence victims uh, to protect themselves. And it's kind of sort of one-on-one immediate help. like one platform that combines everything, everything, resources about how to get restraining orders, where to find legal help or or pro bono help, uh, how to um, find a shelter and put yourself in a waiting list or reserve a place in a shelter. So this kind of uh, a um, tool is still unexistent on federal level in the US. So that's what we're um, trying to achieve in the nearest time, in the nearest future. So, but I, we also produce a short film about refugees and and, um, immigrants under domestic violence protection program in the US aimed to change the Hague Convention in domestic violence aspect. Uh, It will be hopefully released soon, uh, early next year Um, And the working title of the short film is called Reunited. It was uh, shot by female film director Indrani from New York. We had a great team from New York and amazing actors and all people involved in this project. So this is coming up shortly. It's in very, very brief
0: wow that is awesome you know i want to mention that white ribbon has been endorsed by a plethora of a-list celebrities uh, including president joe biden david beckham reese witherspoon you know how does that feel for you to have that level of endorsement attached to your company
1: um basically a true campaign a true intentions will always find people around who are willing to support so And that's because this is a campaign made by people for people. It's decentralized, everybody can join. And uh, the fact that government uh, paid attention to our campaign and started to basically uh, help us to promote white ribbon on federal level, that was a big thing for us, amazing thing. And I will be forever grateful for that. And um, I mean, White Ribbon ambassadors around the world are prominent men like David and Paul McCartney, Carl uh, Lagerfeld was uh, also supportive of White Ribbon. So it, it, it just it's it's great to see how people use their fame and legacy to do good for others and to do good in this world because there are a lot of people who have power who have fame, but not everybody using that tool, amazing tool to basically to do something better for other people. So the more celebrities doing uh, good and uh, or decision makers, uh, the better our world can be. So it's, I just encourage a lot of people who have that potential and ability to bring awareness on a bigger scale. I'm always like welcoming them to, to join White Ribbon if they can just spread awareness about domestic violence and we'll be forever grateful for that.
0: All right, well, if someone wants to be part of, of, of all of this and just follow along with you, follow your journey, follow the campaign, be part of any of these initiatives, how can they go about doing so?
1: Just go, I encourage everyone, just go on our website, whytropenusa.org, read the list of programs. Maybe you feel something, maybe you're feel compelled to some of the programs. Maybe you want to participate in some of of our programs or just take a pledge on a personal level and just for yourself, just uh, commit to yourself not to tolerate domestic violence, not yourself and not to others. And, uh, I, and that's the best it can be, you know, it, everything starts from our personal decisions. So just by going on the website, spending two minutes taking a pledge, it will already make some difference for yourself and maybe for your family, for your friends. So just spread the word about uh, standing against the violence.
0: And making the pledge, I think just giving the effort, giving, knowing that, writing that probably does something also to your mentality to make you enforce it. So it's beautiful. It's wonderful what you're doing. It's amazing what you're doing um, all across the globe. Thank you so much for your contribution to the world. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for uh, sharing these nuggets, these life nuggets that uh, both women and men need to hear. I thank you. I'm sure the world thanks you. Uh, Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much. And I wanna add that at some point in my life, this campaign, it helped me to heal myself and I'm still healing and I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect, but at least I was trying to do an effort to, to, to have a better life and for myself and my child. So any effort you take, whether it's a pledge or a participating in a campaign or just saying to yourself uh, that I wanna change my life for better, it's already an action that will bring results. It's better than doing nothing for sure. So if you want to change your life, start from yourself, nobody's perfect and it's okay when, when we make mistakes and it's okay when we make bad decisions it's okay. You know, it's okay not to be perfect. I think that's very important to remember.
0: True. It's Okay. Well, that is it for this episode of the Journey Told show. I'm going to leave you with words that my father would so often say to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your
1: spirit.